The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. You played with Mick Vicoda, right? Yeah. You guys played together? I did, yeah. 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 He's a funny guy. He's a good storyteller. He's like you. Yeah. He's got more stories than me, that guy. Oh, yeah. We may have, but he's good. Is he, is he coming on? Yeah, he's supposed to be. He can't figure it out. We had him on before, so he shouldn't know, should know how to get on. Well, now he's divorced. He lost Merrily. He's got no one to do his shit for. <laughs> you know, you know what? We're just talking about you getting divorced. <laughs> so how how is it that Richie Pilon has never gotten divorced? That's the that's the question of the day. Oh, because she was a saint. So you, I've got two of them. Mick, how many you got? What Ex- divorces? Exes, yeah, uh, two divorces. Yeah. Oh, nice. okay. She oh, are you still in bed? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? What are you doing? I just had surgery. You need to go. Whatever. Quit. I know, really, right? He was just me about pick in and everything. Let's go. You got a penis enlargement. You had to get a bigger penis, put it. I gotta, I gotta get, sir. I gotta give this shit to myself every eight hours. I recommend tequila. Oh, right. I recommend tequila. <laughs> I'll fix your hip up. I don't think that. I can't believe no one's sitting with my hat yet. What does it say? I can't see. Yeah, I know. Or, uh, listen, we're all 60s. We can't see that. <laughs> do, do you like what? What does it say? You see it? I can't. It's the Colorado Buffaloes, Deion Sanders. Oh, of course. You are. You are. You're prime time. I am prime time. I know. You know what? With that nose, you can put like three or four pair of glasses on there. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk, though. Look at the size of that thing. <laughs> I shouldn't talk. Ugh. How you guys doing? How are you doing, Mick? There, it's a long time. Yeah, buddy. Uh, good. You know, living midlife, divorces. Yeah, you know, I'm like Oprah Winfrey at Martha's Vineyard. Everybody here gets a house. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> all right. Well, listen, let's get this show started. Tom's going to give us a little intro, and then we'll uh, we'll just keep yeah. doing it. So. This is full change. With Tom Laidlaw. Hey, Tom, we got the Islander show today. Oh, God. We got two bad men on the show. Now, you're a tough guy. You absolutely are a very tough person, but you can't compare to these. I know. I know. 
Today we got uh, Richie Pilon and Mick Vakoda on the show. Talk all yeah. things Islanders and just to shoot the breeze. So here's, here's what's going to show what is going to happen here. I'm going to ask one question and the two of them will talk for like the next 45 minutes. I should try to sit up actually for this. No, well, no, you don't need to. Richie's yeah. lying in bed right now. <laughs> Mick, he says he's got like a bad hip. Like, what is that? Like, remember how talking up both hips that stuff on social media so we feel sorry for him. I know, right? I thought him just died, man. Well, that'd be what, like the third time? <laughs> yeah. he, didn't, he didn't even do it on purpose this time. Yeah. Either way, he didn't yeah. do it on purpose. He still doesn't want me. It can't kill you. That's it. You try to kill yourself. You can't do it. Well, well, like, well, like you, you, your blood alcohol, like your blood alcohol level. I'm thinking about Vic now. What do you people is in your in your blood? You're usually like 160. I'm at like 70. I was down to 50. So a lot of blood shit went down. Kidneys and everything were going. See that sideways. And oh, did you guys play with Gerald Diddick? Yeah. Yes. Have you seen him? I only did a little bit. Don't, don't worry. Don't you. Have you seen him recently? No. No. Him. Oh, huge. Man, he gets stung. He's allergic to bees, I guess. He gets stung by a bee. <laughs> Big one. <laughs> Much of bees. Yeah. We played in the charity game down in Dallas, uh, the Ranger alumni and the uh, Dallas alumni, and he was there. He was getting dressed in the locker room. So I couldn't help it. I pulled out my phone. I had to start taping. Oh, my God. Guy's a total bully. He was a funny guy, though. He started running around. He had his underwear on still. He started running around like he was a big ape or something like that. Like, how big is he? Oh, he's big. He's a big man. He's got to be 300. Oh. Yeah. He, uh, well, I walked up to him. I couldn't recognize him at all. He says, he knew, he knew I wouldn't recognize him. And uh, uh, I walked up to him. He says, do you remember where I am? I said, I have no idea. So, yeah, I haven't seen Danny. Where is he living now? Down Dallas. Yeah. Dallas, eh? Yeah, they've got a pretty good alumni down there. A lot of guys have stayed in the Dallas area. Great yeah. alumni. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, get that a I did a podcast with Craig Ludwig. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you guys are buddies, right? Yeah. Well, he tried to kill a couple of us, but. I survived. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, we're, the short time he was on Long Island, we had a great time. Chief, you remember when he took Chizer to uh, Wisconsin for the break? Oh, oh, yeah. Not good. Not good. Not good. Yeah. Yeah, he took Dave, Dave Chizowski as a 19-year-old out to Wisconsin for the All-Star break, and the kid was never the same. <laughs> yeah. Never the same. Even you, Mick, when you went with him to that ball tournament, remember that? Yeah. Didn't you crash his motorcycle or something too, Mick? Uh, no, I think I might have, you know, pushed it in the bushes or something. But, uh, <laughs> two weeks before my wedding, he won. They they got me into some kind of a shot contest, and and if you lost, you have to shave your head. I'm like, I cannot shave my head two weeks before my wedding. Like that's not. <laughs> Anyways, it was it, it was brutal. It was a shot you had to drink to get out of the contest. It was uh, Tabasco sauce topped off with 151 rum. Oh, oh man! Holy crap! What would that even taste like? Like it, it was just insane. And you're in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like you could just you know call a cab and get out of there. So, needless yeah. to say, I did it. He likes his cocktails, doesn't he? Brutal. But, oh boy, I've never seen a guy drink beer like that in my life. There's always like an activity. It's not like you just sit and drink. It's like, hey, everybody, throw twenty bucks in, and let's see who can hop onto the bar stool from a stand. <laughs> like really, he'd do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, he'd, uh, yeah. So, no. Oh, that's funny. So, okay, Rich, you are a bit. Now, we're going to feel sorry for you a little bit here. What happened? So, you get your hip replaced, both of them? Yeah, both hips replaced, yeah. Hip replaced, then I had three surgeries on the on my left one, two within two weeks. Are you, like, 90 years old or what? I don't know. These hips don't lie, I guess. I don't know. But... <laughs> you can get a guy against your place? No. No, nothing here. Yeah, same here. 
but I also, you know, I, I, I didn't do chuck wagon, chariot, fallen off horses since I was five. So I'm pretty sure, uh, you know. Yeah, I went over my truck, tailing help. So that was good for your body, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. So just a little beat up. But right. I can't wait for like they're feeling way better now, so I can't wait for another two weeks. And and Mick, you're what? You're on your sixth wife now, or oh. sixth wife? Yeah. Uh, I I I do hockey years, eh? So I had a '69, and then I had a '87, and now uh, sorry, an '81, and now I moved up to an '87. So who knows? Who knows what's on, what's on the horizon? <laughs> Now, when the when the uh, marriages end, like, is it vicious, like, nasty, or just like fed up with each other, or what? Yeah, no, well, I think the first one was, uh, you know, I was probably not the most <laughs> best <laughs> husband. I, I, was like, see, right? I was probably not the best husband, but I was a good dad. Um, and, but you know, the ironic part is we all live here on Martha's Beard. Oh, and we all how many is there actually though? Three or four houses. It's uh, two X's, but then a right. Um Yeah, we all do. We go to each other's house for holidays, birthdays, you name it. Yeah, really? wow. Everybody. I no, I get I, along with the other the other guys. Oh, the other guys. Word, Amish. <laughs> yeah. I, yes, chief, I'm Amish. That's with the beard. We got a horse and a buggy in the driveway. <laughs> oh God, that's funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> But isn't that kind of like so? You get along fine. So now, how about the woman? That's with good. Was she? Does she have an ex? No. Oh, okay. So I've, you don't have I've to deal with her. Ladies, you got to go young. Catch yeah. Before they have, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, he tried. He, he tried several times. Oh yeah. I met a girl. I met a girl in Costco one time. This girl working at Costco. Hey, just just so you know, let's set up Laidlaw stomping grounds. Is Costco in uh, in Rhine, New York? Oh, the, the liquor store is pretty good too. The liquor store is right. Ironic. Oh, I know. Yeah, so this girl in Costco, she looked young and everything like that. And I, so I went right up to her. I said, do you like older guys? She said, oh, yeah, I like older guys. And I didn't bother to ask her how old she was. She was 19 years old. So. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. that's young. That was young. Yeah. Please <laughs> Yeah. 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 How old are the youngest on me? The youngest one. Nine. Nine? Nine. 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 So how many friends you got? Me? Yeah. I've got two. Five boys. Oh, five boys. Wow. And from what? All different wives? Three, <laughs> three different people. <laughs> you can't lie, man. You can't lie here. You got the one you picked up with the hitchhiker. That whole story. Wait, wait, wait hold on, hold on, stop. Wait, she was your first wife was hitchhiking. No, one of your wives was hitchhiking no. down the road. I had a charity case that got me in trouble. So, ladies, <laughs> I have a problem. I, I'm gullible, Mick. I believe everything they say. Oh, it's me too. Yeah. And even though I know like that, like I meet women now and they'll start telling me stuff. I met this one woman, had her over for dinner. She started telling me how she didn't have any friends. So she went on Craigslist to find a friend. And then uh, her husband at the time was cheating on her. So she put on a blonde wig and went to JFK airport to spy on her. And she's telling me these stories and I'm not thinking there's anything wrong with it. And then the next day my son comes over and he, he says, what you been up to? I said, I had dinner last night with this woman, told him stories. She's looking at me, dad, she's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about charity case? What about your friend in Philadelphia, the African friend of yours? <sighs> That was sorry. <laughs> Tommy, you can't do dirty. You keep throwing dirty that's man. Oh, uh, so this woman contacted me on uh, Facebook. Really attractive, like light skin. And uh, I thought, wow, this is pretty cool. She's in early 30s. Uh, then she started telling me her life story that she'd been adopted and that she'd been abused by the adopted family and everything. I'm going, oh, God. Because she was like smoking hot and everything. Uh, so then 
she got to the point where she tried to commit suicide. Actually, she uh, she was drinking, doing doing Tylenol, yeah. And then so she went. I she kept calling me all the time, and I really I didn't even know her last name. So she goes to the hospital. I get a call that night from the doctors at the hospital down in Philadelphia. She named me as her emergency contact. Never met the woman before. Didn't didn't know her last name. So then the doctors told me, "You're crap. Yeah, her kidneys had failed. Her liver had failed." And that I needed to get down there because if they had to make life or death decisions, I was it. I was making the decision. I know. And I'm thinking, okay, if I don't go, I don't have to really go. If I don't go, though, and she ends up dying, I'm going to rest my life. I'm like, it could help. Yeah. So I, so I drove to Philly at like three in the morning, walked in. And by the time I got there, her her lungs had then collapsed. So she's on life support. Oh, yeah. So Tom pulled the plug. <laughs> no, she ended up surviving. <laughs> uh, and they've been dating for seven years now. Oh, God. Yeah, I heard. <laughs> it. She's hot though. She's hot. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> That's your takeaway from that whole experience? Well, I could go on and on. I had a woman here recently. <laughs> woman here. I've turned into like a target. I do all this mental health stuff online and everything. So all, all the mental health issues come to me. Uh, this woman, a neighbor of mine came, uh, I drove in, I was at Costco, parked my car. She comes over to me uh, and uh, tells me that she wants me, that I need to save her. I need to help her. And I, I'd seen police cars over at her apartment a couple of times. So I'm thinking her husband was beating on her or something. So uh, I said, what do you need? Uh, do you want to get divorced? I'll consider a lawyer and all that. So said, yes, that's what I need. Uh, she leaves, uh, get a phone call at seven o'clock next morning from her husband. And he had got her phone and we had texted each other. And I said, okay, I'll help you with this thing. So he wanted to know what I was going to help her uh, doing. <clears throat> and I, again, I'm figuring he's beating her, so I'm not going to tell him anything. So he calls the cops, yeah. call the cops. And, uh, ends up, it's sad. She had a, a mental, mental health breakdown and, uh, was actually stalking me. Uh, she put on a black uh, sheet, made it into a toga and was wandering around out back. My Holy <laughs> I felt terrible because the, the ambulance had to come pick her up. Tommy target. Oh, man. oh yeah. And you're like, you got a big bullseye in your back. Oh yeah. Totally. We guess remember Corey Hirsch. Remember the gold yeah. Corey? So he's really into the mental health and we got to be friends and everything. And I was telling these yeah. guys, and that's what he said to me. He says, Tom, you're a target. So, so now I'm like, I just lock, I lock myself in the house and don't go out. Holy Jesus. Yeah. So, okay. So how's everything else going though, uh, Rich, with the, uh, the horses and everything? You're, you're helping young people with the horses. Yeah, I do a lot of that. I've been kind of full bore with that. We're going to, well, three, I can't do anything for three months now, but yeah, doing a lot of the Northern communities and still. Kind of get, getting a little bit more involved on the uh, MNS side, Métis Nation Saskatchewan. Oh, God. So what's happening there now, like what they're trying to transition, because they see, because I've been in the north for two years now, going in and out with some hockey, but more of the horses. So now what MNS has done, they were kind of like following me a little bit, seeing how I was doing, and I didn't know at the time. But then they approached me about a year ago, and they be able to year ago and they that's under maybe and now what they want to do is because they're <clears throat> what's happened in in, in saskatchewan uh Métis nation like saskatchewan is going to their own self-governance so what's happening basically all the things that the first nations like the the, the first nations how they got their cards and they can get all the you know tax stuff that'll be coming to the Métis people in saskatchewan well so in Batoche, where Louis Riel was, that whole thing in Batoche, they've now bought a bunch of land. They're building a lodge. They're building all these things for mental, all for mental health. Like we're so in the in the summertime, where they're going to have these called Riel Scouts, basically to, to bring back the culture 
with the young people because the young people right now they believe there's because of a lot of it too with that gen that the the residential schools there's such a disconnect with with the with with some of these families because you know coming out of residential schools they were you know they weren't the best parents they weren't all that stuff and, and that 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 would spin off to that of the of the of their children and their grandchildren are still all trying to they're it takes like seven generations so they're doing a really good job they received i believe which is kind of it's not even a number i couldn't believe but from the federal government here in saskatchewan or the federal government canada get they received uh 450 million over eight years for mental health well good i'm glad they're doing so that yeah, it's pretty cool. It's kind of, kind of, it's, it's very, you can, and I've seen the changes in some of the communities that are doing that. Were, you know, I was there two years ago to where they're at now. You can see the changes are starting to happen. Just with the young people, right? I mean, it's like yeah, all the social yeah. media stuff. Yeah. Coming and Mick, what are you doing for work? Well, I'd like to say I'm a manager of a, a facility, a transfer facility. So we, we, we ship all the material from, uh, from Martha's Vineyard to the mainland, like all the recyclables, all the construction debris, all the residential MSW solid waste. Um, and in essence, I just run an excavator 40 hours a week, listening to, listening to podcasts all day in with the heated seats. Are you with the boss yet? Call the boss yet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cheap. Trash is cash, buddy. Anybody knows that. That's how I got into it. I mean, the, the guy recruited me because he was worried when he took over uh, this company that he was going to have some kickback. And I was like, so you mean I get to fight and like not get in trouble? And he goes, might be more than fighting. I'm like, well, let's give it a whirl. <laughs> yeah, that's how it started. It's wild, it's a wild story, actually. It hasn't nearly been quite as glorious as I was not expecting. Oh, okay. You know, the, the, one of the greatest stories I've ever told on our podcast was you with the, uh, the Dwight Schofield. In, in yeah, Washington, Joy's we're going to camp. Oh, you told that story about, uh, it was Joy Kosher kind of coached a yeah. little bit, right? Uh, was, yeah. I, people love that one. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Joel, you got the, Joey doesn't, I'm sure Joey doesn't remember the conversation because it was last call at a bar called Confetti's in Saskatoon. Uh, was Tony Twist's ex-wife, Jocelyn Broder, was the bartender oh. um, who, who Joey worked there the summer before. But he came in at last call and I was like just so nervous to pick his brain and yeah, he just gave me that advice. He's like, I'll never forget when I, he goes, oh, you got drafted? And I go, no, I, I got a, I got a, a PTO and I got a tryout. He goes, oh, you're going to be like number 78 on a roster of 78. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, oh okay. Thanks, George. You got to, you got to get yourself noticed. And I'm like, oh, okay, how do I do that? And that, that's where he tells me to go fight this guy, Dwight Schofield. And, and didn't he tell you you were going to lose too? He goes, you're going to lose, and then you got to go back. Yeah. And you might have to jump him in the hallway or in the shower, but you got to keep going until they know who you are. Yeah, I touched it for himself. That's how the game is now. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's genius. That kid that ran stone the other night in preseason from L.A. Yep. Remember, right? But, yep. you know, yeah. for nothing. What do you What do? You do? Yeah. You, you're going to camp, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not saying you should run stone, but you're playing in a preseason game and you got a chance to finish your hit. I, I don't care who it is. Nobody yeah. knows who you are. So you got to, you know, you got to separate yourself. You got to separate yourself. See, yep. I did That's look, actually what I told Pete. 
I didn't like Stone's comments after too. Didn't he say, "Well, I'll never see that no, kid"? That was that was a pretty yeah. good chirp. That was pretty solid. Yeah, but no, you don't say that to it, but a young kid. Yeah, yeah, that's disrespectful. I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, 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 I think he he felt like he could get away with, and and I get it. The guy, the guy's the captain of the Stanley Cup champion, but you're right. I mean, that kid is he he wasn't. First of all, it was a clean hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Second of all, he, he you know I don't know if you need to throw a, a dart like that. You could say that off camera. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, you say that, dude. Yeah, you say that yeah. in locker room. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. But he, 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 got his, he, knew, he was on his ass. But you guys saw like when when Drew Doughty was mic'd up and he was chirping Maroon pretty bad, and Maroon went out and won three cups. So you know, right. well, yeah. But it's a young kid who may never get a chance again. He's trying to do something like mix it to to get noticed out there. I I just I'd rather. Well, speaking of training camp, did you guys in, did you guys ever fight each other in camp? No, no, never, no. Yeah, right. How about practice? Did you guys have fights in practice? We fought our roommate. <laughs> we just we we both beat up our roommate Dave Chazowski. <laughs> Poor kid again. Yeah, we used to make him. We used yeah. to make him sit in the car when the chief and I would go for lunch after practice, which which was basically a liquid lunch. Yeah, and yeah, would make Chizers sit in the car. Really? Uh, yeah. We're, He'd be so pissed off. Yeah. Oh, he, he, we're like we're just gonna grab a quick beer and we'll be out. We two hours later we. Roll it out. He's like, you guys, you're the worst teammates ever. <laughs> was he a tough kid? He was fairly tough too, wasn't he? Oh, really yeah. tough. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Toe to toe with Troy Crowder. Oh, in Jersey. Wow. Yeah, he had a good bow with Troy. Yeah. So I don't know if we talked about uh, Rick, uh, Rich. Who was the uh, toughest guy you think you ever fought? Then the thing, I jumped Probert <laughs> oh, yeah. from behind. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. And because Smitty looked at me and said, like, you better do something. Oh. And to that day, Prober chased me around for the rest of my career. <laughs> yeah. So, Lades, I'm in the pit. So, Rich and I, we, we, like, he told me he's going to fight everybody his first year. Like, every tough guy. Um, And so, he ended up jumping pro. I don't know if you jumped him, but you fought him. And then yeah. I ended up fighting, like, uh, Zomba or, I don't know, some other guy yeah. in Detroit. And I get in the box. And Rich looks over at me, and goes, "So, that's Probert, huh?" And I go, yeah. What? And he goes, "He's pretty big." I'm like, "You didn't know who the?" F-? He goes, "Well, I didn't know till it was going." And then I'm like, "Holy shit, this guy's pretty big." And I'm like, "Buddy, I I got Spidey senses. The minute they step on the ice, I know where they are. I know where they are." He's like, "Oh." But yeah, that's how naive he was in the beginning. He just fought. So I was very naive. That was I naive. Oof. You know what? You did to that though. Like one of the things that I think now, my naiveness and ignorance of pecking orders coming up to levels, yeah, didn't help me. It helped me. Yeah, totally. But I just went there to work, and I didn't care. I didn't know where I was on a pecking order. I don't know where I were nowadays. Like you, you, you know, like really, like the camps that they have. And they were probably like that in our day at the beginning. I don't know. Like, they already had the team pet pretty much, right? Most yep. times, yep. right? Yeah. You know, in junior, not so much. But even like what I watched Jared trying to make a team that when we talked about getting noticed, you know, the dad, I, I'm telling him, like, to basically go play like a prick. Yeah. True. It's, I'm, it, you know, I'm massaging it to him in a way that I don't offend him. Right. Right. And he's telling me, well, they don't do that anymore in cap. Guys don't go after each other like that. Yeah, but the big like, yeah, that's that's how you get noticed. Rapper. Yeah. You want to get noticed? Go take out fucking Kachuk. Yeah. Go take out one of those guys. Piss the whole team off. Yeah. 
and they'll figure out that we actually want to be there, right? Well, that's the big thing. Yeah, you're showing them how bad you want to make the team. You do something like that. Exactly. Yeah. But Rich, do you he's not. You, he doesn't have that in his DNA. You got in a fight with somebody. I can't remember who it was. And you both threw a punch at the same time. I can't remember. But who that, was, that was Cummings. Jim Cummings. Oh, you both knocked each other out. Oh, double double KO. Oh, with my nose underneath my eye. I could. I was. I was going off the ice, and I could feel my eyelash hitting my nose. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I and Ram, I was like Ramsey was there, and I'm like feeling my nose up going off because I hit him, I cut him on his cheek, right? Yeah, we actually hit each other at the very same time. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And I'm going off the ice, and I'm grabbing my nose, and I'm like, holy shit, this thing feels like it's. And I'm walking. I tell Ram, I'm like, Ram was like, just get on the table. I'm like, I'm gonna go check this out. He goes, no, no, you just get on. But I go look at it. My my nose seriously was underneath my eye. <laughs> it was bad. Well, if you anybody looked that up on YouTube, that was nasty. It was just, yeah, it was almost funny, right? Because you both just same time, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, we just, yeah, total punch, same time, both of us. Yeah. So, Mick, I know we've been yeah. asked a lot of people that I probably asked this before, Mick, but did you enjoy fighting? Yeah. Oh, you did. I did. You know what? Uh, so, the ang- obviously, there's anxiety and, and, you know, there's some sleepless nights or sleepless afternoons before a game. You know, knowing what's going to happen, but um, yeah, I it wasn't the fighting, fighting aspect that I loved. I really liked, and I was very fortunate. All my teammates made me feel, yeah, uh, valuable. That yeah, I was part of the team. Yeah, and there's no better feeling than, you know, going after somebody. And I, I think if you go through like the whole catalog of my my fights, there's some that are just crap. You know, wrestling and grappling and. And those are usually a product of sitting on the bench for two and a half periods, sure. a team going up three goals and getting yeah. a second shift of the game. And you just yeah. got to do something. And you're not really invested, motivated, or mad. You're, but, you know, if you don't do it, you'll find someone else that will. Well, well, yeah. Right? So you just, you do it. And then there's other fights that are good toe-to-toe tilts where somebody broke a stick over a guy and I jumped in you know, with a tough guy and just they're good fights because they're emotional, they're sincere, you know, they're passionate. And, and those, those, that's the part that I I enjoy. I got that. That's the part I, I, I absolutely love doing was, you know, answering the bell for my teammates and, and being there. And the one thing Lades, I always, you know, I'll, I'll say this and Rich will probably attest to it. You guys both will. I don't care how tough you are. If you're not available, yeah, yeah, irrelevant. You're irrelevant. Yeah, you're irrelevant. Yeah. So and you, know, you know what I thought that was pretty cool about that too. Like, it was more my job. Like, if you went out there, uh, Mick, and we were playing bad, you wanted to get the team going, so you get in a fight. It was more my job now to make sure the bench recognized that, and now we get going. Right? That was the uh, assistant captain. Yeah, the feed off that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't, if they don't do that, then it, it doesn't do any good. Right? You go do your job, but nobody backs it up. So no, absolutely. yeah, and that's where. I, you know, I had Pat Flatley, well, Brent Sutter originally, but Pat Flatley as a captain most of my career. And he absolutely, like, yeah. and, you know, I don't think, I think who's, Flats got beat up by somebody real. I can't remember who it was. But I think I already there, yeah. Who, it was a lefty and he just smashed them. And Flats was like, well, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> he, he had a lot of, he had a great appreciation for the guys that played yeah. like that. Isn't that true? That really showed a good team, good locker room, right? When the tough guys go do their job and everybody recognizes that they're doing their job. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I think that Stone incident, you watch that incident, all, the, the, all five guys are in there Yeah. for Vegas. 
Yeah. It, it says a lot about the character of that yeah. team. Totally. Whether yeah, it's a, yeah. Player, everybody got in there. Yeah. That's where the, the Rangers last year, they really just surprised how they did not have that. There was a game against the Devils. The big defenseman was going out hammering people for the Devils. And that uh, was a Goudreau stepped in. It was a Goudreau fought. And Goudreau was overmatched by a lot. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, nobody on the bench was doing anything. And Goudreau then turned to the bench and started yelling at the bench, like, let's get going. And nobody did it. And when that happened, you just, like, both teams are seeing that happen. It's just like, yeah. oh, God, this is not good. Oh, God, yeah. When well, you got to call your own teammate out in yeah. during the game, that's not good. Yeah. And especially when they don't do anything even after you've called them out, right? They, yeah. You'd have to, yeah. And then they don't do anything after this. Yeah. That's just. Yeah. If you guys are on the other end of the of that, you see that and you say, okay, this team is finished, right? You guys can tell on the bench? Yeah, you can see. It. Well, it's more like the after effect, too. Like, if uh, you, they're kind of, you're kind of bracing yourself and say, okay, what are the Rangers going to do now? They're coming at us. And when they didn't come at you, then you're like, oh, okay, these guys, are, they've had it. We've got it done. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You yeah. guys want all the Islanders still pretty good? Yeah. Oh, good. So what yeah. do you, I, I, got, I just got back in with them this in the last year. Oh, okay. Doing alumni stuff? I would wait, like, I would wait for that team pretty much for since I left. Oh, okay. Even with the Rangers. Right. Well, after I stopped, after I stopped drinking... Well, it's going to be 19 years now. I kind of just, I had to, uh, like, at the beginning, whatever. But then you, you, get, you know, you get, it's almost like that. And here's what happens. Like, I always, when you pull yourself so far away, you tell yourself that it's, well, it's no need now to go back. Right. But when I went back this year, and it's the same thing when you're injured, but as an injured player, you know, the, the worst thing you can do is isolate yourself and, and get away from the team instead of, being involved in the locker room, showing up, you know what I mean? And every day, like everybody else, like all the rest of the soldiers. And that's what happened with me with the alumni side of things where now that I've got myself back in with the Rangers and the Islanders, I'm making a point, uh, I'm making a point to stay in contact with, with whoever there, because I'm going to start going to the events when, when they have them. Yeah. Isn't that true? Like a lot of alumni guys will complain, oh, the team does never include me in anything. But you've got to reach out too. Like there's players all over. You've got to reach out. Yeah. 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 And I never did any of that. So I was, you know, now that I've gotten back in, sort of, so to speak, which I believe I have, I, I make points of like emailing the, like the alumni, like the, the, the guy to run the, both, both the Ranger and the, right. and the, 
the guy from the Ranger, I think it's, uh, is it Faluso? Mike, is it, what's his Mike, name? Yeah, Mike Faluso, uh, Fasulo and Jackie DiPiazza as well. Like she's, Yeah, those are two. So I've been emailing them even recently in the last months here, actually, because I thought I was going to be able to go up for it because they have like an Indigenous month or something coming up, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. So they were going to take it, but I don't know if I can, I don't think I can fly because of this crap I got going on. All right. So take the horse. But take the horse. <laughs> I'll start now. <laughs> It'll be there by when? <laughs> and and Mick, you've stayed pretty active all along with the Allers, haven't you? Excuse me. Yeah, you know what? I not all along, but um, this new—they're not new anymore. Right. But the the ownership that that took over from Mr. Wang, um, they have done an amazing job. Yeah. And and it, it, I mean, I've gone to probably half a dozen alumni weekends. Chief, you got to come. Um, yeah, I'm coming. They they invite every player, and this is my most favorite, passionate part about it is whether you've played one game, and I mean literally, there's guys that come that played one game for the Islanders. That's that's unreal. And they bring you for the week. You you fly. You get yourself there, but the weekend is covered. You're at a top notch hotel, meals, dinner, game. Uh, swag. They just they just hook you up. They treat you. I mean, it, rooftop at the Empire State Building, uh-huh. like dinner. It it just it's top notch, right, yeah. and um, and it says a lot about that ownership group as far as what they're trying to create. Um, and uh, I I have a lot of I have a that, lot of respect. Ledecky Ledecky gets it. He he definitely gets it. He's a great and owner. I I he grabs me and he and I go into the crowd. And are shaking hands and kissing babies. Like he, he, he is, he is great. And grab it ass, grabbing it every day. You know what you don't. <laughs> I tell you, like John Tonelli, I got to be pretty good friends with, and he was away from the team for, and he was kind of bitter about it too. But Ledecky yeah. really made sure to like retire his number, get him in there. Yeah, that's they had that Ranger Islander alumni game as well. Uh, yeah, on those weekends, and it was pretty. So we got a bunch of old guys just trying to not fall down on the ice, and they got all these young kids like. Uh, Who's the French? Church John was playing and everything. They, they thought they were playing for the Stanley Cup, for God's sakes. Oh, I bet. Yeah, bet. They, asked, they asked me to play, and I'm like, oh. I'm just getting home. How would I? I mean, the bars close at 4 a.m. You know, you go for a little after <laughs> yeah. hours. I'm like, how's that going to work? <laughs> oh, that's funny. We had a game. We had a charity game up in Boston. We played home and home up in Boston on a Saturday night in, in, in New York at Mass Square Garden on Sunday. And Gresser was going to be the coach. Good thing he was coaching because he went out. He got hammered the night before. We had a big dinner, and he came down for breakfast in the morning. I felt so bad for him. Man, I was gonna put him out of his misery. So, Mick, do you still skate at all? Yeah. So I just started again. I, I was playing in a men's league here, but they're all young guys, and they wouldn't. They didn't. They couldn't let me go to this old the fifty and over group. And I'm like, what do you? Th- well, first of all, you, you're too chippy. I go, I'm trippy because I can't catch anybody. So, yeah, I slash, <laughs> I go up. I mean, it, 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 let me. <laughs> yeah, people stop flying by me. I would stop slashing and hooking and, you know, cross-checking. And so, finally, they let me into the old man's group, and I just started a couple weeks ago. So, is that funny when coaching my nine-year-old. Oh, okay. Is that funny you play in those men's leagues, dude? Yeah. You know, you think, you go, I'm just going to go out there to have some fun, right? They just joke around. It really doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, somebody goes by you, and now you're getting mad. The blood pressure gets going, and you're slashing people. Well, once they start competing, once that scoreboard goes up. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. 
once the score goes up, we had a, uh, you know, in here, I've played with a group here for a while and this is, oh God, this is 15 years ago already. But we, we got blue because our team was pretty good. So we, we had gone to some of the events in Montreal, like we'd won and going for nationals. Right. And, but we, we played this, we, they, they put us in the young, like they called it the A, B and C. So we were in the A group. If you, and we were competitive there, but weren't, but with our own age, we just kind of ran through it. Right. And we, we, we were at one of the games and we're playing these young guys. They're like 24, 25. We're all like, you know, I was probably the youngest guy at 40, whatever I was. And one of the guys before the puck's going to draw, I'm on the bench and the guy's like, whoa, whoa, you got to stop it here. And everybody's like, what the hell's with this guy? He goes, you, they got to take their walkers off the ice before we start. Oh, <laughs> no. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, yeah. Time. We had a time. Oh. Same thing. We were playing young kids, and they were flying around. They they know who we are, right? They're NHL players. So these kids are cheap shot me and everything. So finally, I snapped and I knocked one down. Another kid comes over and knock him down. I think they probably went down a little easier than they they need to. And then I hit like a third guy, and so they yeah. threw, me, threw me out of the game. Played the same team about two weeks later, and they, I go over to the to, to kids and I said, "Listen, I should not have acted like that last game. That was terrible. Me doing what I did." And the guy goes, no, 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 it's great. We went home and told all our buddies that Mr. Laidlaw beat us up on the ice. It was great. <laughs> so that's, that's it. I retired. I'm done. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty tough when you get chippy with you. for When you're going out there for exercise, right? And so the beer's after. Yeah, so the beer's after, yeah. So yeah. how do you think the Islanders will do this year? I I think they're going to be a little bit of trouble, personally. I just think that they don't have, well, part, I'll be honest, I don't like Barzell. Yeah, he's a different yeah. And and uh I think he's not a he's there, but he's he's very, you know, you, you need him to kind of you you gotta massage him into your room because he believes he's better than everybody. Oh, is he like that? I didn't know that. Okay. Well, I know this from him being a kid. Right. Oh, okay. And and I think there's other things that have happened like just within the organization that I know a little bit of the, one of the coaches, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know how you win with it with that being your best player. Yeah, I know when it's a dominant player like that, he's got that attitude. Yeah, that's tough. He's got that attitude that uh, you know it's not my fault and get me the right wingers, whatever you want to call it, right? That kind of. I don't. I don't think you win with him. That's all. Just, just my opinion. I, Parisi. I've heard some negative stuff about Parisi too, but I guess he's kind of well. He's on the fence about coming back or not. Oh, so he's yeah. done with that contract. Okay, he's, he's done now. Uh, the door's open, but he's not. He's hasn't signed. But they got Bo Horvat, which was a great pickup. Yeah, that's true. How about you, Mick? What do you think? Well, I, I mean, the, arguably they have the best tandem goal in that. Um, you know, with Varley and and Sorokin, and, and they've got such a good blue line. But offensively, like 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 Cheap was saying, yeah, they just yeah. I count on if you got to count on Maddie to be your you, you know if he's got to be your stud. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 he has a lot to prove. Would be my, you know, my perception yeah. of it. So I think they're going to be in the middle of the pack. They're going to be on that, you know, that like they were last year on that bubble zone, of yeah. in the postseason. And I think once you make the postseason, yeah, their style of defense and goaltending can get. Yeah, you. I just don't think he can get you to the top. You know, if you don't have those those guys that are going to make big plays. But they picked up a little size. Some of the young, like the Gauthier kid, uh. The process is he, he's like the, you know I'm trying to figure out who he's going to be, um, but you just you, you need so much more from up front. I like I like the the you know the fourth line third line whatever, but since, yeah, uh, 
Casey and Marty and, and Clutterbuck, I lo- I mean, they're going to give you the same thing every night. Yep. Um, and yeah, that's, a nice, that's a nice intangible, but that's not enough to put you over the top, I don't think. Well, the problem is, who do you take out of the top eight? The Carolina, <clears throat> excuse me, New Jersey, the Rangers, Florida. You know, Tampa's still, I mean, they're not as good, but they're still a good team. And then the speed, too, like New Jersey's so fast, and that, like, Carolina's fast. Jersey's so like, scary. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, Jersey's really scary. You know, Boston's no, always... But do you think the Rangers are going to be up there? Tommy, you think the Rangers are going to be up there? With... It's a great question, because they, they have got the skill. If you go back two years ago when they went in the run there to the semifinals, I mean, they were good. Like, you know, they've got Shesterkin. And, you know, the way Gallant before coach was that, you know, give up offensive chances because you know you've got one of the world's best goaltenders and then go create offensive chances. And when they're doing that, they can, and, and Shesterkin's on, then they can be a real dangerous team. But, man, they, they had times like last year, like last year in the playoffs, where it just, like, something was missing. Like, it, it what, certainly wasn't a skill thing. It was just, you know, those young kids like Heedle and Lafreniere and Kako, I mean, there's, they're a big part of the future, and they really did take a step forward last year, especially in the playoffs. So there's a lot of ifs. To me, it's like, there's no question they can do it. Uh, we had Dave Maloney on the show, and he was talking. He does a lot of Ranger broadcast. He was at practice early in camp, and he was talking about how um, they had a one-on-one drill, and then Lafreniere and uh, Kreider were going at it one-on-one, and Kreider's a big man. And apparently yeah. Lafreniere was like giving it to Kreider, like uh, outworking him, you know, throwing him around a little bit. And Kreider probably got frustrated and threw him against the boards. Uh, so if, if Lafreniere can do that, if he can go back to what he was in the playoffs two years ago, man, he can be an impact player. But again, it's just that big if. I think, and again, I think I'm, even, yeah, I think too, part of it, even was him watching him too, it's that whole feeling the love, right? You know what I mean? You kind of work, you never move up the pecking order. Yeah. You break, you think, you think as you pay your dues, you're going to get the, you believe he's going to be a top six guy, right? Yep. yep. But now you have you bring in Kane. You've been to, you brought in Tarasenko last year, and he just stayed where he was. Yep. You hit. The, I see. I think you, and he never got that opportunity. I think. Yeah, you're, I think you're exactly right. Again, this so, is just my speculation from watching from the outside. But I just think you brought in Kane and and Tarasenko, and, and those so now two spots of the top six were used by other guys are now being pushed down, and it seemed like they just were. Yeah. Almost yeah, but he's been handed the top six spot in preseason. He did nothing. Well, that's the thing. Everybody says, well, they've got to give him uh, power play time. Well, you got to win games, too. If he's not doing anything on the power play, then you can't keep giving them. But yeah. you're right. So, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. Who's your, uh, Mick, uh, putting you on the spot here, who's your team out of the East that's going to go to the finals, other than the Islanders? Yeah, no. Um, it, it's tough. I, it's between Carolina and Jersey. Um, I, I guess everybody, you know, a lot of people are, at least in Canada, are honking on the Maple Leafs. And, and I, I like some of the additions they did. Um, I think getting a little more grit, I think that's something the Rangers could use, is a little more grit on the front end. Just that sandpaper yeah. playing against that. Um, yep. Because I definitely think the Rangers have that on the blue line with, with, with those D that are blowing people's heads off. Yep, totally. Yeah, they are with Truba and uh, Schneider. I watch Truba like everybody watches Connor. Uh, like every time he's on the ice, I'm like, something's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's he's like, he's, yeah. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to get hurt. You know, and you know what? He's a great, he's a great captain. I, 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 he'll, go ahead, Mick. Keep going. I see, I see Toronto, Toronto, Carolina, and Jersey being the top three. And if I was to pick, if, you know, if you put the, the knife under my throat, I'd grab, uh, I'd grab Jersey. I just think they're so quick. Yeah, I'm, fast, I'm, yeah. You, you talk about talent. I'm with you on Toronto, but there's just something missing there too. Like, I just Austin Matthews, a, a talented guy, but I just don't see that uh, 
like that really, like you said, nasty. Like sometimes, no bite. yeah, sometimes something will happen on the ice and something to him, and he'll just back out of the way and let somebody else handle it. I don't expect him to fight necessarily, but don't pull out of the pile. And yeah, you got exactly. So you got Jersey coming out of the East. Who you got? Come, who you got coming out of the West? I would say right now, well, everybody's going to take Edmonton, right? Edmonton, everybody wants Edmonton, but I, mean, I think I like Vancouver. Edmonton and Colorado, or I, I don't know. I, I I got Colorado. I would I, I would I would go, I like Vancouver just from because I like Pocket and the way he's kind of kind of programs around. Really, right? Yeah, that's and important. And just for even I don't know. He's just too. Uh, yeah, but the team itself, I think they needed such a big over, and he kind of did an overload on that whole team. So as long as their goaltending holds up, I think they're going to be they're going to be a will be a dark horse. I think that might surprise a lot of people. My only problem with Edmonton is the goaltending there. Is it good enough, right? That's a yeah, and they're deep. Yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, they're deep. Pretty. Like, they don't have that. They don't like when you look at Vegas as D compared to everybody else. And the Rangers got more of that, like with Truba and Schneider, they're kind of big and kind of the abuse yeah. guys out there. Yeah. But the like during the year, like you don't hear about like they're they're a whole committee, that team, right? Yeah. You know, the guys got sixteen, eighteen goals, whatever they got on their team, and there's you know, stones up there, but they're can they they're a total yeah, blue collar committee group of yeah. you know, the way they picked that team and, and you look how that's where Kelly McCrimmon did a really good job. He basically, what he did, he picked a lot of players in that draft in their, uh, when they first got the, 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 the team, mm-hmm. he picked players that were all in a position of their career, but either things were going to keep going up or their careers are going to be over and they had something to prove. Yeah. And you know, the Rangers did a little bit of that. They signed like three guys to one year deals, some older guys. And I, again, I'm not crazy about all, but the thing is that they're going to, they'll be hungry to keep their careers going, right? So they want to have a good yeah, year. Yeah. Yes. But they also got older and slower. Ladies, who do you got? Um, You know, I kind of forgot about Toronto. I don't like Toronto's makeup for some reason. I, I So other than the Rangers, I'm prejudiced, pre- pre- obviously, but I like Carolina a lot too. They've been right there for like two or three yeah. years. Uh, I like the way Brendan Moore coaches. Well, I got to be honest. So Don Waddell, the general manager there is my old college roommate. So I'm a little bit prejudiced too, but I, just, I really like what they've done there. I like that they, they've got the sandpaper. They've got the speed. Yeah. I like that team a lot. So I'm going to take Carolina out of the East. Um, you know, George McPhee, you know, still president of the guy. So I've got to be a little prejudiced there. But I like Colorado, too. Like, they were injured last year. I, I like the, uh, what's the defenseman's name? McCall McCarr. Oh, man. Yeah, I like that team a lot. So I, I'm going to take Colorado out of, the, out of the West. All right. And the winner will be Carolina Hurricanes. Wow. Rod the Bod. <laughs> Jesus, these fun. Remember during the during the uh, pandemic, they had the their lockdown and they're out in some baseball field or football field. They had a video of him. Yeah, he takes his shirt off right away too. The guys are all laughing. Oh, yeah, can't wait to take his shirt off. Well, the men after all, oh, right. right. oh, I'm in better shape now than I was when I played. Yeah, didn't want to take my shirt off. Well, like Cheney was telling these stories, like Dean Shadows. Yeah, when you coach with Rod. Yeah, uh, he goes, he's in better shape than all the guys on the team. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's Jack. Oh man. Uh, he is yeah, he, he does all the he does the testing. <laughs> yeah. Isn't it funny? Imagine having a coach that's in that good of shape and works that hard. Like you almost have to like save yourself up. He's gotta work that hard. Right. I've got to do it too, right? Yeah, yeah, no kidding. All right. So uh Rich, you've had three hip surgeries. You've only got two hips, but you've had three surgeries on your hip. That's pretty three good. Three surgeries, yeah. Four. Actually I had four. Oh, you did. Yeah, so three on the one and I had three on the one side. And uh, Mick's claim to fame is he's got had three wives. 
Yeah. Yeah. Living in peace on Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, they're all hanging out together. <laughs> oh. I'm still married. <laughs> yeah, okay, and that's it. And I've had two uh, two wives, uh, and and Rich Pion's still married. How does that happen? You know, it's just like Larry Melnick is still married, too. The grouchiest guy that's ever played in the National Hockey League, and he's still married. <laughs> that's the secret. Yeah, I had some, some wild rides there, boy. Holy man. And how's your family doing everything? Yeah, I'd love the story you told, Rich, too. I, hope you, I don't want to bring it up again. I know you spoke about it before. When you're at that, uh, you had never told your family about the uh, attempted suicide. And you're at that yeah. speaking engagement, right? Your son was with you? Yeah, my son was with me, Garrett, yeah. Yeah, where I kind of came clean on it and kind of yeah. just was... I, I, I had like four years of like being sober already at that time. Right. And then, uh, yeah, that was kind of uh, one of those moments that just kind of took another piano off the back, right? Right. And why that time? Like, you told us before, what happened to for you to make that decision at that time? I was just, you know what, I had kind of, I, you know, I, when I left, when I was in St. Louis, I, the thing that I did do was pull myself away from the team, and I started doing a lot of coke. And then what happened was Jackie ended up calling the NHLPA um, because she seen that I was coming home and I was a fucking, you know, I was talking gibberish, right? Basically, whatever I was saying, I don't remember, but it wasn't good. So then she called D- Dan uh, Cronin at the time. What's his name? Cronin? The Dan? Dan? Right. Tell him that girl's name. Yep. Dave, yeah, and Dan. Anyways, they were... They, this was like a Sunday. We were actually going to get ready to go to church, actually. And Jackie just sat me down, like looked at me. She goes, I called the NHLP. I'm like, what? She goes, Rich, they're going to be here. They're going to be here by three o'clock this afternoon. Oh, were you mad? Oh, yeah. I'd be out pissed. But it was the best thing she ever did. Yeah. Because the, the spit, all through all that, what happened was that same morning, the, um, the, you know, like the, you have that security guy for your team. Yeah. He was kind of a dick, but anyways, he called me up and he was like, uh, we want to bring you in rich with management with Larry Plo and all these other guys. And I'm like, well, or I'm like, well, really? He goes, yeah, you know, we got something to talk about. I said, well, if it had anything to do with the cocaine, I go, um, I've entered the substance use group. Like I entered the program. So, so just so everybody knows the NHL, uh, substance abuse program, the player association side cannot tell anybody. So when your wife went to Dan Cronin, he didn't yeah. tell anybody else. He's got to keep that a secret from the team. Yeah, he's got to keep it a secret. And you know, and here's the thing, like here, and the reason, they, and this is the, the, to me a little bit, is they don't want anybody, like, yeah, it's a secret, you know, just like, hey, you're not supposed to say that you're an alcoholic or you're a drunk, whatever it is. But really, you think about all the the stuff that goes on that we do that we do like as, you know as, as a player when you're a player. What would be so wrong knowing that Rich Pilon had a, a drug issue? Yeah, I was well, trying to change it. Like I was trying to make myself better, get to get in the program. But the where it comes into play is now is now my if I'm if it's Rich Pilon if it's uh, Aho from Carolina or somebody like that will try trading that guy. Right, and it's better than it was before. Like when we were around, yeah, you really, you really got labeled. Like any man, yeah, you really got labeled. Where now it's not as bad, but back then it was like oh, yeah. that was the way to just kind of keep things behind closed doors. Like for the team, really. You think all the guys that probably had mental health issues and knew that there was no way they could ever talk to anybody about it, right? Yeah, you couldn't say a word. Yeah, weakness. Yeah, yeah. so that was fortunate. It, it happened the way it was supposed to. That's the greatest improvement. Is the is the the stigma of the mental health aspect. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I think that's the greatest improvement that, that the NHL and the NHLPA have done collectively. I think you're right. And in society as general, right? It's not sure. Like it used to be like, there's something wrong with this guy. I keep telling everybody, it's like, if you break your arm, you go to the hospital, you get a casket on it, fixed, and you're back yeah. at it again. Same thing with mental health issues. It doesn't mean you're, there's something wrong with you as a whole. Yeah. Then nobody, there's no fix, right? There's no, you got to go get therapy. You got to go do what you got to do. You got to get honest. You got all these things that you got to, you know, and I think, you know, it's one of those things over years. Like I sit there sometimes and I go, okay, so you wake up in the morning, you know, it's, you know, for the creator, God, whatever you're, you know, my thing now is trying to be a little bit more grateful that I am still here. Because <laughs> two weeks ago, you know, there was a week there, basically, I don't remember crap and I would almost put on, you know, dialysis, right? Oh, Jesus. Wow. So, you know, doesn't want me yet, but it's like, at least... You know, when you're, when you're, the hard part is that you, when you look in the mirror and I, I'm honest, I tell, when I talk to kids, even I said, if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, you're never going to get healthy until you can look your, your own self and be honest about all the crazy, you know, all the stuff that you're, people don't have to know everything about you, but you know, as an individual, the good, the bad, the lies, it's needs that I've done, right? And until you're able to basically look at yourself and not be disgusted, I guess, at times, then, you, you know, that healing takes a long time if you're unwilling to, you, you can accept what you did, but, you know, and you may do it again, it's not, you're not going to be perfect about it. It's done. Like, you know, whether it's, a, you know, whether you guys talk about marriage and we joked about it, but, you know, on the other day, you, you look at yourself and you go, we want to feel I could sit here and go, why couldn't I be like this guy? He looks yeah. like he had, and I haven't even walked in that guy's shoes, but on the outside looking in, I want to be that guy, right. right? And that's where another part is, fuck, you put your shoes on in the morning, whatever you got to do, you can, you start walking, start moving. That's the whole thing of mental health, right? Yep. Start moving, get up, get moving. Don't just, yeah, just, just get better every day, right? Like, don't expect yeah, yourself. Try and get better every day. Yeah. Yeah. Mick, Mick, how's your life gone after hockey? wasn't a smooth transition. I think, uh, you know, at the end of my career, well, I, we talked about how I ended up in the minors, right? When I, with Mike Milbury and, um, yep. and the chief, chief was rich. You were there for that, right? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I tried to resurrect my career. I, I was lucky to, to, to get one more year with, uh, make the Islanders and then get claimed off waivers by Tampa and then traded to Montreal that year. Um, and then tried to do a couple more years in the minors in Utah. And then just, I broke my pelvis my last year right. yeah. in a fight. And uh, and then just everything was a struggle constant. Like just, I never felt the same. Um, and then settling in, in Martha's Vineyard, raising three young boys, it wasn't crazy. Like I didn't have to, I, I didn't have anything. I had no rules. So I, I, I was a green, you know, I could do whatever I wanted, which meant I went out a lot and that probably caught, you know, led to, to, to our relationship, not necessarily, um, you know, Rich knows Marilyn, she's an attorney. She was a professional. Um, you know, she was starting her career and here I was just screwing around, you know, drinking, riding my Harley cross country every summer. 
you know, doing what I wanted to without really putting in the work on, in, into the family. Uh, and that, that's one thing that I would have changed was realizing that, you know, I was being more selfish than I thought I was being. Um, but other than that, I, I really don't have any regrets. Um, you know, my boys are all around in the summer. Um, we all get along, play a lot of golf, uh, do a little fishing and, uh, have a good time. Well, I think too, Mick, like, to, like, even with what happened, I think when you're, what I did was that you feel like my, my thing to Jackie was I done this, I paid my dues, take a look around. Everything you have is because of me right. and right. So I deserve to go out and drink. I deserve to go and have fun in the summer. That's really what I did. Too, and that's probably part of it. You you, you dial in for 15 years of your life and and when you're when you forget when you're there like i, I sit there and look when i walked away even from from my the situation even with signing with i don't know if you had knew that i signed with florida do you know that mick no but here's what happened here's a little bit of a story that nobody really knows um so i've played eight games with the st louis blues in two years yeah, yeah. god by shit you know there used to be there's a couple stories actually I used to bug Keith Kachuk all the time that he was overpaid, right? Him and Pronger. Yeah, they're overpaid, like jokingly. Yeah. Well, I'd show up one day at the rank and on the whiteboard. They have my salary and the, the minutes I've played at games. So I was getting paid more. Oh, that's funny. And so, you know, it's so, you know, now it's, you're collecting a paycheck, basically. But anyway, what happens? I haven't played in fucking two years. So then... Art shoot the breeze calls the up. He said, he goes, Rich, I've got like five teams that are interested in you. He goes, what do you think? You want to give another shot? You know, I said, yeah. So I get my ass in shape. It came down to the Florida and the Islanders. Oh. Mike was re-signing me because Mike owed me a favor. Oh, that's right. You told that story, yeah. Right? So he owed me that favor. So then, but with Florida... I end up talking with Mike Keenan. Mike Keenan, Mike Keenan was a, the coach then, and, she, and he called me. He goes, yeah, he thought I agreed because Jackie wouldn't go back to New York. Oh. So then I end up signing with Florida, but that meant now that I had to go back into the program. Oh. So I committed to, like, I, I committed to one year and a million with games played, and if I didn't make the team that sent down to the minors, I was going to make 550 or 600 American, I think it was. Like, honestly, a, a, a two-year deal with an option. And I basically was like, I got to go back into the program. I got to go back to the piss test. All the things that I was like, now I'm checking my bank account. Do I have enough money? Or do we, or do we have enough money? And I, the night, two days before I was supposed to leave for camp, went out, got shit-faced. This is like September 9th or 10th, I think it was. Did some drugs. Called Mike Keenan that morning. Still hadn't slept. Did a couple bumps. And said my wrist was bad and I was pulling the pin. But that wasn't the reason. It wasn't because of my wrist. Of my wrist. So that's one of my regrets, if any, if I have one. Yeah. Is that, and this is, you know, you can live with mistakes. You have mistakes and you, you want to be better. But when you have a regret. That's never going to change. That's one thing I tell both of my kids, actually. You're going to make mistakes, and there's some things that you just can't never look at it and go, 
well, that was just a mistake. That was a, a total regret on my part where I uh, felt pretty shitty about myself after the fact. And basically that's the next year on June 18th is when I tried to take my life. Oh. Yeah. I went as hard as I could probably go and did everything to basically want to die. Yeah. But the good thing now, you're doing so much for other people, right? I mean, that's the... Yeah, you kind of, you feel like when you're helping people, you're always kind of, you know, you know, my thing is I'm you know, sort of as quiet and naive as I used to be back in the day. Yeah. I'm kind of, that's one of my strengths now is just with others is making them feel pretty good about themselves, even though it doesn't matter what they're wearing or where they are in a pecking order in lights. So, um, and that, and, and when you're doing that, it's really, I'm helping myself more than anything. Yeah. That's true. You're helping somebody yeah, else. You are. A lot of... Yeah. Yeah. Well, on. listen guys, we'll get going here, uh, but we're going to do another show. We're going to do a couple of other shows. One's going to be an X-rated version of this show, uh, telling stories. Okay. Oh yeah. We got to do that one. I, I got a couple. I've been biting my lip. <laughs> I know. I know. Bite my tongue at the start it, Bobby. I know. And then we're going to do another show on uh, marriage advice, how not to do things by Tom and Mick, <laughs> and how to do things by Rich. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I love it. Maybe I love we'll, it. We'll do a weekly marriage show, right? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can tell stories. We can go on and on about some of the crazy. Well, now, you know, that's the other thing, too. I always think before it was like all the women were crazy. And then Tom actually said to me one day, Have you ever looked in the mirror? I think maybe it's got something to do with you. <laughs> I don't even know if Mick knows this. I don't even know. Yeah, Mick might know this story. Remember, I can't even see. Remember Isabel? Okay, I thought it would happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and we'll get into that another time. Okay, all right. You're on. She contacted me again. Okay. All right, that'll be, we'll do, we'll do a part two. We'll, we'll oh. get to another one. Yeah, we got to do another show. We, we got to do it, yeah. Another show, okay. Yeah. Guys, thanks, you, thanks very much. For yeah, nice to you, sir. All right, yeah, guys. I'll, I'll give you a call later. Let's go. Are you, are you around to right now? I'll give you a shot right now. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Hey, thanks, Tommy. Thanks for having us. Bobby, you, we, Bonnie. No, you got to, you got to change that. There's too many shows that have that in there. So you got to. Yeah, I'm limited. You have. Did I tell the same story? So well, you did a horrific German uh, impression the other oh. day too. With the Chewbacca, Chewbacca was the best one. Was that mm. the Chewbacca I did? Mm. No, no. It sounds like you're opening a can of. It sounded like the little, those moo toys that you would flip over. Like, Everybody's going, now, what, is Chewbacca really on? It sounded just like Chewbacca. But I don't think they are. But they are excited that we had an Islander show now. We had the Rangers show, a Devil show, and yeah. the Islander show. These guys don't seem super pumped about the Islanders this year. Yeah, I know. The two old tough guys. Oh, man, well, they're just great. I think we're seriously doing an X-rated version. With we'll, the we'll, we'll, have, we'll definitely have my yeah. You know, I, I love when we have a structure, but I also, I think I really love when we just yeah. comes off the rails and guys just start shooting. Especially when you get two guys like that, they're good storytellers. 100%. Yeah, they're both. That mix funny. He's got a. He, he was on the first time. I really didn't know him that well. But he started telling stories. I could have just sat there and listened. No, he's great. Both, and both those guys are. Yeah, it was just great to have those two tough Islanders on the show. Yeah, and they're right. They were. They were not too. They're very honest about their. They're really tied in with the alumni with the Islanders yeah. now, but they're not too high on the team right now. It's amazing what they said about uh, when the guys listen to it, but about yeah. Barzell on the team. Yeah, I don't know if I. Yeah, he's a great player, but maybe uh, who knows. Yeah, there's interesting what they had to say. I didn't really see him that way before. They're really high on his talent level, yep. but some other stuff was concerned. But they they did mention we start with John Ledecky, who's yeah, he's the managing owner of the Islands. The guy's great. He's yeah. he's involved in so many events, and he's great with the fans. He's yeah. at the games. Yeah, he's, he's, he's right in there. Like he's not sitting up in the box and everything. He's, yes, yeah. The Rangers have a, a great owner who has yep. a lot of money, but he doesn't really get involved with the fans. Yeah, much. He, listen, he does wonderful things. So, so for instance, 
I have my kids, my team playing at the garden, you know, between periods yeah. and even, even an hour and a half before the game and it's free. And Rangers are the only team I think that does that. Yeah, that's the kids play for free. The other, yep. the other teams charge, yeah. No, yeah, Mr. Dole's fan. They got the garden, the dreams there, garden. Yeah. Which is great. He gets a lot of heat, but I guess because of his yeah. public persona, but he does a lot of really good things for right. the community behind the scenes that people don't right. even see. I think he gets a lot of heat because he's really involved with the Knicks more than the Rangers, and the Knicks haven't been successful, so they just assume well, it's his fault. Right. Which is just uh, the Rangers and the, the team itself, the way he treats uh, the, the players now, the way he treats the alumni now. Yep. I had a meeting with him years ago, uh, some business deal, and he, he took my call, got a meeting right away. Let's say there was there at the meeting and uh, Mr. Dolan sat there. We chatted, like we talked about business for maybe five or 10 minutes, sat there for two hours. Uh, just like, well, here's right. the thing with, with Sather too. And we've said this before, but Sather comes off as this gruff yeah. person and he's kind of like ornery with the fans, but you guys, everyone loves him. Yeah. They say he's so great behind yeah. the scenes. Oh, he does so many things for people like guys who are in trouble, like yeah. alcohol and stuff, paying for things, help, not just paying, like but Barry Beck came in town and had his problems that he's uh, publicly yep. publicized. He told us about that. Oh yeah, Glenn was. It, it wasn't just like saying I'll write you a check or something like that. He was like in on like going yeah. to see Barry, talking to him, helping him out. Yeah, no, it's yeah, great. He, but he does. But it's funny because when you do sit with him, he puts that act on. Like when I first got in the agent business, I don't know if you know I was in the agent business. 22, 23. So I was negotiating contracts with him, and he was like, he was mean. Like I got sick one night and I was choking stuff on the phone. He says, "You're not feeling well." Like he's like. <laughs> Just the advantage, taking advantage. Oh God, yeah, he's, he's. But then, yeah, like you get to know him. He's just this great guy. No, but yeah, and, and like I said, back to that, that story. So the kids, the kids program is playing at the garden, and I spoke to other teams, including local teams, and they were like, "You have to buy X amount of tickets, X right. amount of dollars." Right. And the Rangers like, "No, Mr. Dolan wants the kids to have that experience, and he doesn't want you to have to pay for it." So that's incredible. And you know what? It's great for the kids, but it's also great for the team too, because the reputation that the Rangers have is like this first class organization. Hundred percent. Players want to play here. Uh, the training facility, the way they're treated, travel wise, yep. and everything. So it's, uh, and they've always been like that. And, and things have changed. Uh, but when I played with the Rangers, it was always first class. And, and think about that, just the community outreach. You're involved in that very yep. much so with yep. the programs and the clinics. I believe the Rangers are in 300 ranks in the yeah. North area. Yeah. The Devils are in 15. Oh, is that what it is? So it just shows you how much investment the Rangers are making in that and growing these rain, these eventual Ranger fans. And, and the programs are fantastic too, like to learn to skate, learn to play, all that kind of stuff. It, it, the difference they're making with kids. Uh, we did a, uh, I guess, show, Christmas show. It was during the pandemic because uh, Chris Kreider was a part of it, but he couldn't get public. So we went to these houses and uh, gave kids uh, gifts. Nice. Uh, and it was all families that have lost another child. Oh, man. So I had worked at a clinic years ago, and I went into this home. This was just by happenstance. It wasn't planned. And the one home I went into, the girl that was at the clinic, I, had, I guess I had treated her nice. We hit it off or whatever, so I became her favorite player. And she, had, and she was the one that passed away. Oh, and they still had all the stuff up in her bedroom. Hope it. It was just again. It was just a. That's got to hit you. Right it was now. hard. Yeah, you know. But I mean, also was like, and they were very happy too that uh, that she had that experience. And it wasn't just me. It was the way the Rangers treated her as well. So I guess you just don't always realize all the difference that you can make in people's yeah, lives when you're doing it. So yeah. And that's just a wonderful thing that the Rangers do, and that Jim Dolan does. And now kicking back to the Islanders, John Ledecky's yes. in that same vein, yeah. where he's out there in the community doing these things with the Islanders. He he donated a huge amount of money to Hockey in Harlem. Yeah. Um, he did, they gave money to 43 Oak, which does similar things, bringing up players from underprivileged areas. And it's just, you know, it's great that he's in that community and he's doing those yeah. things and the players love him and right. the ex-players love him too. Yeah. We talked about John Tonelli, a good friend of mine that I played with in Los Angeles, yeah. a long time Islander, won the four cups there. And he'd really been alienated from the team and he was not happy about it. And Mr. Yeah. Ledecky. You can hear all about it and the episode he did with us. That's right. You got front with the yeah, yeah, show. Right. Yeah, talked about exactly that. Man, we've done enough shows now. I can't forget some of the guys we've we, got on. I will. Over 70 shows, more to come. Wow. Out of all of the three shows we've done of the local teams, it looks like the Devils are the most excited. Yeah. Rangers are kind of lukewarm, and the Islanders are a little bit cold. So 
Yeah, but the Rangers, it's just kind of that wait and see, right? They could be a really good hockey team, but uh, who knows what happens to them. So. But I think the guarantee is the Devils will be a good hockey team. Yeah, it's amazing how everybody is so high on the Devils. Which is right. good. Yeah. Yeah, they passed the eye test, you know? Right. And Lindy Ruff, didn't he just uh, re- got a new contract? He got extended, yeah. Because yeah. so. the story was before with him going into last year that they didn't think the team would do that well early and they were going to fire him. They were calls early in the season to fire Lindy Ruff, and right. now he just got extended. Yeah. So. In fact, he was telling people that uh, they brought in an assistant coach, and I can't remember what his name was. He down in Florida. And everybody thought that he was this up-and-coming new head coach. So Lindy Ruff even said to management, apparently, that, uh, okay, let's just get this straight. You want me to help groom this new guy that's going to take, take my, my job, job right? Yeah. To it, so. But to his credit and to the player's credit, you know, he's got the heck of a hockey. A lot of, lot of credit also to Tom Fitzgerald, who's done yeah. a good job as a GM there. Yeah, very true, right? And quietly, too, it doesn't seem like yep. you hear his name mentioned very much. So. And those are two guys you played against, both, right? Yep, definitely. And I love seeing guys like that. It's more and more now guys are getting, not just coaching, but are getting into management, sure. really doing a good job. A guy like a Luke Robitaille in Los Angeles. George McPhee, to your ex teammate. Yeah. Well, and, president. and you know what? A lot of times in the past, when a player took over that role as president, it was, he would golf with the corporate sponsors. Sure. Stuff. It's really no, now they're running teams. Yeah, and these guys are in on the number. Numbers, they, the intelligent guys, they're not figureheads. Well, look, Chris Jury, another one. Yeah, totally. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Joyce McPhee's really done well in life after, right? He went to law school, yeah. came a, he was an agent for a little bit. I think he did a fantastic job in Washington there to build that team that yep. ultimately. Oh, absolutely. Up and, now, well, and again, I was, uh, as much as my friend and former teammate, I was a little critical of the organization there in Vegas about what they did with their goaltending. But yeah, I think more than they just, yeah, they've got such a good team in front of them. It, it just get yeah. me decent goaltending. That's all I really Yeah. And, and another president, Joe Sackick's president of Atlas, yeah, right? That's right. Campy Ely's president of the Bruins. Yeah. So okay. you get a lot of ex-players in roles. So maybe you should, you know, throw your hat in the ring. The president? Uh, I'll get to be president of the uh, men's, uh, the, the roller hockey league. Have we president of the roller? No, the, the, the job's taken. Oh, is that right? Oh, my league? No, it's taken. You're, you're the president. Executive director. Executive yeah. director. You get to have that job. Yeah. You could be a consultant. What uh, you know? What we haven't touched on. You're gonna your rink there is getting redone by the Rangers. I, I I did, and I I want to talk. It's closer, but we'll we'll talk about the Ranger Community Outreach again. We got a grant, um, and they're gonna redo the rink in partnership with Benjamin Moore, and they're gonna just knock down this rink in the in in the upper east side of Manhattan, rebuild the rink. Wow. It's gonna help out the, the, our league, but also the other leagues that use it. The youth program, hockey in Harlem, it's just a great thing. Huh. Again, it's the Rangers being involved in the community and just doing wonderful work. Mike Fasulo with the Rangers leading that charge. His name comes up several times. In the yeah. Show. Mike's, yeah. Mike's that quiet assassin, right? Like he's uh, he's a quiet guy, but he gets stuff done. No, he gets a lot done. And this is going to be an excellent project. We'll, we'll probably do a show from the, uh, from the, oh, from that, what nice. they, when they uh, do the ribbon cutting. And where's the rank again? 96th Street and 1st Avenue on Upper East Side of Manhattan. Wow, very cool. I didn't know. New York City Royal Hockey League. Shout out to so old I, guy. I go on 96th Street too. I'm going over to the uh, uh, FDR or something. Yeah, the it's right there. Oh, wow, very cool. Didn't know it. I'll get you down there for the ribbon cutting. You know, I my I think it was my second or third year in the league. I was going to rent an apartment on 96th Street. Okay, uh, great neighborhood. Uh, the only thing I, I couldn't afford the uh, the rent for uh, parking the car. <laughs> Why? <Well, laughs> over the budget when you were in, on the Rangers. Yeah, on the Rangers, wow. making sixty thousand dollars a year. So I had, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's funny because not many guys live in the city at that time. It's like Greshner, Beck, uh, Dugay. I said I'm going to the city. It's a good thing I didn't. I wasn't a city guy. I love yeah. I love the city, but and but when parking is as much as your rent, it's like what's the you know what's the point of it. And I got this Jeep that I beat the crap out of too. You know, and I could have spent like two hundred fifty dollars a month apart. So, so hello, Rye or Portchester, right. wherever you live. Yeah. Anyway, thank you, Islanders, for coming on. Yep. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Devils. Let's go Rangers. Let's have a great year this year. And uh, listen, like, subscribe, and share it around. Enjoy the show. Yes, you. We there he goes, Bonnie Lads. Yes, you are. Good Lord. All right, grasshoppers. Thank you for listening. We had a fantastic show. We'll see you next time.